Hello everyone, I'm so glad to have this opportunity to uh, be together with you again this week. Um, we'll continue onwards from where we left last week and I'd like to begin today by reading from Genesis chapter 2 and we'll read the first three verses which say, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. Well, we've seen in previous weeks of study that those six days of work that are found in Genesis chapter 1 are six days of restoring the material creation that was ruined, that became formless and void because of Satan's rebellion. And here at the beginning of Genesis chapter 2, we get a summary of God's work along with the significance that he attaches to the seventh day. And we'll note that the seventh day is mentioned three times in three verses. Uh, and it would be worthwhile considering that if God draws our attention to something three times in such a short space of verses, uh, then it'd be well worth our while to pay close attention uh, to what he's doing. Because this is something that's done deliberately to draw our attention to it. We're supposed to see and understand the significance and the importance that God attaches to this seventh day. Well, if we then follow on from the secrets that God has given to us, it's clear that the purpose for his six days of work is to bring about the seventh day of rest. And again, this is not just that after six days he was tired and he thought he'd have the day off the next day. This is not what this is about at all. There is a seven day period that's set out here at the beginning of Genesis. And the six days of work are to bring us to the seventh day of rest. The seventh day of rest, if you like, then we could see as being the purpose for the sixth day, uh, for the six days of work. That's the reason that the six days of work take place to bring us to that day. And again, if we follow the sequence, we can see that the man and the woman were created on the sixth day for the purpose of ruling together over the restored earth during the seventh day, the day of rest. And of course, when we refer to this as being a day of rest, it's rest from the work of the previous six days. It's not a day in which nothing happens, but the work from the previous days are finished and therefore it is resting from that particular work. And as we think about this, of course, we must keep in mind what God has said. Genesis 2.18, And the Lord God said, It's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Well, let's just focus on this for a moment, if we may. It's not good that man should be alone. These are God's words. This is God's determination that this is not a good thing that the man he created should be alone. God's plan for rulership then in the seventh day includes a man and a woman who are to rule together in a marriage relationship. Exactly as we see in Genesis 2.24, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. So because of the way that God has established this from the beginning, 
it was not possible for the man, for Adam, to rule alone. And nor was it possible for the woman to rule without the man. They were one flesh. Each completed the other. And at this point then, as we think about this, we can ask ourselves the question, has God ever changed his mind about this? And we will, of course, come back to this another week as we uh, as we look at it. But there are things to remember, of course, that when God sets things out in foundational teaching, like he does here in these opening chapters of Genesis, the things that are laid out and set out there do not change. They are set in place from the beginning and remain that way throughout the rest of Scripture. So when it comes to rulership of the earth, God has made it very clear there must be a man, there must be a woman, they must be in a marriage relationship and they will rule together in the seventh day. That's how it's established and that's the way that it must be. Now, there are some other important things that we really need to note as we as we consider these six days of work and a seventh day of rest. Uh, and to do that, let's just go back to um, Genesis chapter one, verse three for a moment. Well, remember, it says, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the darkness, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. So God's restorative work then begins by bringing light where there was previously only darkness. This is the point of beginning. This is where everything must start. And it's so important to see this, that the beginning point has to do with bringing light into darkness, to have light where there was only darkness. We'll remember that the earth was formed and void, formless and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And that word for darkness that you find there in the Hebrew language has to do with a darkness that is so thick as to be almost touchable, almost tangible. It has weight, it's heavy, it's thick. And into that, God projects light. Light comes where it did not exist up until that time before. So this is the starting point. And this is where everything that God is going to do subsequently begins. But the thing to remember is that it is not the end. Genesis 1.8. And God called the firmament heaven, so the evening and the morning were the second day. Verse number 13. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Verse 19. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Verse 23. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And verse 31. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So there's a point of beginning. It's not completed. It's not finished at that point. There must be a further five days of work to get to the point where we find the man and the woman who are then to rule in the seventh day. So there are six days then to complete God's restorative work. It was not finished the moment the light came in the darkness. And although the work from day one remained in place throughout the next five days, God never returned to or dealt with that which happened on day one again. 
once day one was finished, God never went back there. And the completion of his work had to do with a man and rulership and the seventh day. It had to do with restoring that ruined by Satan and replacing Satan as the ruler of the earth. And we'll hopefully remember from last time that if man was to rule, not only did he have to be present, which Adam clearly was, but also proven worthy to replace the disqualified ruler, Satan. So what do we see? Galatians 3, uh, sorry, Genesis 3, 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And just so that we are clear here as to who the serpent is, we just need to compare scripture with scripture. Revelation chapter 12, verse 9 tells us quite plainly. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan. It's really clear, isn't it? The serpent in the garden is Satan, the disqualified ruler of the earth, confronting the woman who was to rule with the man in Satan's place. So another question, why does Satan confront the woman and not the man? And another question, what is his purpose in being there? And as we continue in the scripture, we see this in Genesis 3, 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Well, we can ask then, why did Adam eat the fruit? Especially as the scripture tells us in 1 Timothy 2.14, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Adam was not deceived. Adam ate the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil knowingly and intentionally. Why did he do that? Or was he just a weak person easily swayed by his wife? Well, fortunately, it's much more complex, much more profound and much better than that explanation. But that's something that we'll have to come back to next time as we continue with this. But let's just keep those questions in our mind over the course of this coming week. Why the woman? Why does Satan single her out and not the man? And why does the man, knowing that God said you're not to eat that fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, why did he do it knowingly, intentionally and deliberately? Well, answers next time, if the Lord is willing. Until then, have a wonderful week. God bless you. Until then, goodbye.